Hi there, I'm Cody Wheeler, and this is my podcast, Strong Fear Tasks. I'm a Christian who believes that a relationship with Jesus should impact every area of your life, including your health and fitness. On this podcast, I'm exploring stewardship, the intersection of health and holiness, and offering practical ways that you can steward your body all for the glory of God. I also wrote a book titled Strong for Your Tasks, where I explore stewardship and encourage you to take care of your physical body in a way that honors God. And you can get a copy at my website, codywheeler.com. With that being said, let's dive into the episode for this week. There are a lot of opinions when it comes to COVID, and I understand that. Today, I'm not going to be giving you my opinion on it, but I do want to discuss three hidden dangers of COVID that are hiding in plain sight that you won't hear in the mainstream media. Now, I want to give you a little of context for these thoughts. The cold, desolate part of the world that I live in hasn't really come out of restrictions since March 2020. And before this recent Christmas, they ramped up restrictions and as of last week, implemented even more. I work at a job where the government has said, get vaccinated, do regular testings, or you can't go to work. I also have friends at churches whose churches have said that they're no longer allowed to attend because they are unvaccinated. I have people in my life who span the spectrum of opinions from the vaccine is the mark of the beast to the vaccine is the only way out of this and everyone should just do the right thing and take it. So that being said, these observations are not just simply things that I've seen from far off, but they're things that I'm currently living in and seeing in my day-to-day life. So the first hidden danger is division. It has saddened me to see how quickly families, friends, and even churches have become so tribal over things that are not Christ. I've seen family members refusing to meet with other family members and lifelong friendships being broken because of vaccination statuses and opinions. When I look at the wedge between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, I can't help but think that this is our Jew-Gentile debate that we see Paul dealing with in most of the New Testament. When I think of it that way, these verses come to mind. And Galatians 3, 26-28, Paul says, In Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And I think if Paul were addressing the church today, the North American church, he'd add, there is neither vaccinated or unvaccinated, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I think that Christians need to be very, very careful that we're not allowing the mainstream media narratives and government mandates to divide us. If we are one in Christ, then it doesn't matter whether or not your conscience allows you to take the vaccine or not. If you've done your research and you've concluded that the vaccine is best for you, you are free to take it. And if you've done your research and concluded that you would rather not, that would violate your conscience to take it, you are free to abstain. No Christian should be trying to force another Christian into violating their conscience over a matter that the Bible does not address. You see, I've heard many Christians try to give a biblical defense for why or why not they were vaccinated, And at the end of the day, it's all just proof texting to try and justify their choice. You see, both say that they will trust God to protect them, whether that's from the disease or the side effects of the vaccine. Some will say that, well, Paul had Timothy circumcised, while others will cite that Paul didn't circumcise Titus. So don't try to use the Bible to justify a choice that that you simply wanted to make. I think the second hidden danger is distraction. I find it incredibly difficult to avoid talking about COVID with other people. 
Even with fellow Christians, the topic seems to come up with frightening regularity. And I think that part of it's because it's the one thing that unites us all. However, if we are both Christians, then there's something far deeper that unites us, and that's Christ. So as my family and I prepared for Christmas, I messaged my extended family and I let them know that we weren't overly interested in discussing COVID over Christmas. Because if Christmas is about the savior of the world, then I don't want COVID to steal the spotlight. And I found that while we still talked about it in little pockets of time, we actually were able to have really life-giving conversations as well and were able to discuss some really interesting theological topics. I think within the COVID arena, there's a deep desire to have made the right choice. People who have taken the vaccine, they want to be right. And people who have chosen not to, they want to be right. And so in an attempt to justify our choices and our actions, people are very quick to talk about it in an attempt to garner support for their choices. But here's the thing. If people know more about your stance on vaccines than your relationship with Jesus, you need to check who or what is discipling you. Because something is, something is shaping the way that you view the world. Something is shaping your relationships. Is it Christ and the Bible or is it media narratives? Is it blog posts? Is it social media? Something is discipling you. You need to become aware of that and recognize that you will become like whatever's discipling you. I think that the powers at work have done a wonderful job in getting Christians to talk about anything but Christ. I don't care if you are Pfizer, 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 Moderna, Pfizer, 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 or you've simply chosen not to get a vaccine. And I wish that more Christians would care less too. You see, you made an amoral choice to participate or abstain in a medical procedure. Now go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them everything that Christ commanded. You've made a choice and that choice is now, whether you know it or not, is giving you a unique ministry opportunity because if you are vaccinated, you can now go certain places that the unvaccinated can't. If you were unvaccinated, you are becoming part of a minority group. And so you are going to have experiences that someone who's vaccinated won't understand. And so now you both have unique opportunities to go and reach people and meet people where they're at. And so don't waste your choice. Whatever choice you've made, make the most of it, but do it for the kingdom of God. Don't just do it for selfish reasons or for worldly reasons. Do it to, so that people will know about the kingdom of God, that people will know about Jesus. I also find that there is endless rabbit holes of news articles, blog posts, YouTube videos that will willingly steal hours of your day by trapping you in your echo chamber, further dividing you from fellow Christians. I'm going to suggest that you spend a lot less time on your phone and you spend a lot more time reading your Bible. And finally, the last hidden danger is misplaced devotion. I think that far too many people have become far too trusting of the talking heads on their side. People have become apologists for worldly leaders and have drawn a line in the sand, ignoring Jesus' desires that we as Christians are one in unity as he and the Father are one. Remember, as Christians, your allegiance is to Jesus. Something I've noticed is how quickly we've lost the human element of all this. I've heard some people, when someone who's unvaccinated gets COVID and maybe even dies, they say, good, they deserve it. And at the same time, there might be someone who dies with, uh, from a cause that's potentially related to the vaccine. And the other side, they start to smirk as if somehow they're proven right by that person's death. What's being lost is the fact that those individuals, those are real life humans. They're not just data points for your arguments. They may have families that are now without a mom, dad, or child. 
And so we as Christians cannot get pulled into those arguments like the rest of the world. If we are called to be holy and set apart, we must avoid participating in using worldly tactics. I think in all of this, we take the words that God spoke through Jeremiah and we seek the welfare of the city. We pray on its behalf. We pray for our world and our leaders. But we must also remember that Jesus is Lord. And if Jesus is Lord, then President Biden is not. If Jesus is Lord, then Prime Minister Trudeau, Anthony Fauci, Donald Trump, they are not. They are not your savior. Because if Jesus is Lord, then there is no other. And so our allegiance must be first to him. And our job is to announce the good news that Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords and invite people to repent and submit to his Lordship. So where do we go from here? First, if you find yourself guilty of any of these things, you need to repent. You need to turn from your ways. And that may mean you need to swallow your pride and go make things right with people that you were a jerk to. You may need to turn off the news, social media, um, and stop consuming narratives and data that stir up dissension. Everything you consume, it might be true, but if it's ruining relationships, if it's if you are then spewing that truth without love, it's not going to be beneficial, right? I would far rather convince someone that Jesus is Lord than to convince them of my stance on COVID. Next, remember the words of James, where James writes, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Take time to listen to people who disagree with you. There's a good chance that most people actually have good reasons for believing what they believe and for doing what they've done. And if you would just stop talking, you might even learn what those reasons are. Remember, that with your fellow Christians, you are one in Christ. And that bond runs far deeper than whatever you've chosen or not chosen to put in your body. Remember, our battle is not against flesh and blood. The people that you're disagreeing with, they are not the enemy. The talking heads on TV are not the enemy. And I really believe that these extracurriculars of the virus are going to be far more damaging to the church than the actual virus itself. There has been a lot of people who have been uh, directly impacted by the virus and um, things surrounding it. I think it's those extra things that are going to leave a far greater impact on the uh, global church. Finally, I want to end with the words of Paul to the church in Rome. Paul writes, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him, and if he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by doing so you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
As I look out at the state of the world, I find a weird feeling of both extreme pessimism and extreme optimism. On one hand, I don't honestly know how we recover from all this. I look at all the non-COVID damage caused, and I anticipate that the mental and physical health problems that we've created through all this are going to are going to be astronomical and are going to cause so much pain and destruction. As a teacher, I see firsthand the effects some of the choices have had on kids and some of the data that seems to show that the world isn't handling this particularly well. And yet on the other hand, I'm extremely optimistic that God is able to work all things, including this, for the good of those who love him. I believe that we're going to see a major time of revival as people begin to see the frailty of worldly things, how all the things that we've trusted in for security can so quickly be taken away and there's nothing we can do about it. I think that as Christians, we need to show the world our unity and be ready for the fallout because I think it's going to take both the vaccinated and the unvaccinated to help mend the broken world with the good news of Jesus and the hope that we have in his return to make all bad things untrue. As Christians have been exiled from their pews, I've heard of many people taking the onus on themselves to gather together. And in a lot of ways, it feels a bit like the dispersion in Acts where the Jewish people had gathered and they didn't want to leave. And so God uses persecution to spread them out to, to, and to take the good news with them. And so perhaps the North American church was getting too comfy in their padded pews and air-conditioned sanctuaries and are now being forced into the world with their message of hope. And finally, I'm optimistic because I know that someday Jesus will come back and put an end to sin, death, and suffering. And we remember with Paul that these light and momentary afflictions are preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And I want to conclude by reading part of Jesus' high priestly prayer from John 17. And Jesus says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, so that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, and while you're at it, leave a review. You can find more of my content on Instagram at Cody Wheeler or on my website, CodyWheeler.com. Remember, you may never be healthy, but you can be healthier. You may never be strong, but you can be stronger. Steward your body. Be strong for your tasks.